Hello, and welcome to Sounding Out with Izzy, the podcast where we have conversations with musicians, music producers, publicists, live promoters, zine makers, journalists, and more about their experiences working in the music industry as women, non-binary, and queer femme people. I'm your host, Isabel Corp the founder of the Queer Femme music-based blog and YouTube channel, A Girl's Two Sound Sense. Today, I chat with London-based pop singer-songwriter Kingsley about her latest album, Crying on Holidays, a project inspired by her first heartbreak. In addition to being a pop artist, Kingsley is also an innovative businesswoman, collaborating with the black female-owned business Event Cosmetics to create her own lipstick line of three shades named after three songs from the album. She also created a merch line that was highlighted by a recipe book with cocktails corresponding to each track on her newest project. Kingsley and I discuss her personal process of rebuilding her vision during quarantine, growing up outside of Chicago and moving to London, forming a Jonas Brothers-inspired family band with her siblings back in high school, and what her expertise on the business side of music has taught her about the delicate balance between self-promotion and artistic integrity. As usual, I would like to remind listeners that I am paying for the podcast out of pocket, so if you would like to help me continue to create more episodes and maybe buy me a coffee as well, please consider donating to or checking out my Patreon at patreon.com backslash a girl's two sound sense. That's girl with three R's and no I. Those who join my Patreon will get to unlock bonus content, including music-based film reviews with special guests, unheard and unedited conversations in podcast episodes, playlists curated by yours truly, as well as early access to some of my YouTube content. However, I understand that finances are tight for many people, so if you are unable to join the Patreon, I fully understand. All I ask is that you give the podcast a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, as that really helps me out in my effort to get the podcast in front of more people. And without further ado, let's get right into this episode. Welcome back all to Sounding Out with Izzy. Today I am joined by the beautiful and incredible, she's an icon, she's a legend, and she is the moment, Kingsley. I'm screaming. Uh, Welcome. (laughs) Hello. Thank you. To start, I was wondering if you could just tell me a little bit about your backstory. Yeah, Kingsley is the name. I am an indie pop artist, but I have like a lipstick line with my my last album. And currently in London, I'm at a restaurant right now because my Airbnb gets cleaned on Fridays until three. <laughs> so I am stuck at a restaurant to do this interview, but I just had a glass of champagne. I'm feeling wonderful and I'm really excited to chat today. Amazing. And where are you at right now? 
This is, I think, southwest of London, and this amazing bistro called Estillo, who makes the most divine champagne cocktails. I'm in this Airbnb for three more weeks. I think it's like southwest of London. I don't really know directions just yet. Nice. Yeah. I'm terrible with directions. I'm just like, oh, is this north? And people are like, no, that's southwest. And I'm just like, oh. (laughs) But yeah. So you grew up in Chicago, is that correct? Yes. I'm originally from, well, it's a suburb of Chicago. It's called Plainfield, Illinois. That's where I grew up. I was born on the south side and lived there until third grade. And then my parents bought a house in Plainfield and they are still there. It's technically Plainfield, 45 minutes south or north or west of Chicago. It's one of the ways. And it was interesting growing up. I think my parents really took the opportunity to move us to an area that had better education systems the way and brown folks do for their children. And so I had like brand, my book was so brand new. My name was the first name you wrote in it. And like I got the opportunity to take AP music classes, which like further along by understanding and education for music. So though there were ups and downs of like being black in a suburban area, I learned so much in the school system that took me to where I'm at today. And as a child, I understand you and your sisters also started a family band inspired by the Jonas Brothers, which is just top tier, like S tier iconic. I love that so much. Do you remember what that band sounded like? Like, are there any home videos that still exist? Oh my gosh. You must've did your research. Yes. So (laughs) there's probably two videos on YouTube. You'll have to find it. It's called Heartfilled, And I'm sure you're going to have to scroll because it's not on my page. But I think one of the most incredible things that happened when I started a band with my sisters was like learning what leadership looks like in a band, which then I was very terrible at, obviously, because they're my family members and my, you know, we had sister problems with practicing. But it really taught me like the type of work that goes into what I wanted to do in life and knowing to surround myself with people that also shared the same like end goal, which really helps me today with my band of who I play with and like seeing, seeing people in all of their journeys and trying to find those that align with myself. So shout out to my sisters. If you find the video on YouTube, kudos to you. (laughs) (laughs) And how old were you guys at that point? Like maybe like nine, 10 or something? Oh no, uh, no, I'm very young. Thank you for that. But uh, no, it was like 15 and 16 and 17. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I was Jonas brother obsessed. I literally thought Nick Jonas was going to hear us and then we'd get married and yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love how in one of your music videos, um, you cosplay as them and then there's just a mannequin that says definitely Kevin Jonas on it. <laughs> that was actually actually my director's idea, which is so funny. But I I so that's from all me. And the original idea of that music video was because when I do interviews with people, they often ask who inspires me. Black creator. They're like Patty LaBelle and Tina Turner. And I'm like, no, dude. 
the freaking Jonas Brothers. Like, there are no lanes in creativity. So I made this music video and I was Gem in the Holographs because Gem is the reason to why I created Kingsley, a pseudo version of myself. And then I did the Jonas Brothers because a lot of the ways that I perform and my goofiness on stage is because of them. Yeah, I love that. I was like... When I was younger, I remember like, do you remember that show that they had Jonas on uh, yes. Disney? Yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yes, absolutely. I still know all of the songs. <laughs> yeah. And all of the, and the Hannah Montana crossover. Just. Uh, oh my God. Role. Pretty. That was Nick Jonas's line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, people like to quote like all of the like Mean Girls dialogue. That's me just with that Hannah Montana Jonas Brothers crossover. <laughs> and uh, going on from uh, onward from there, what sort of music did you gravitate to the most as your discovery continued? Yeah, I so I grew up with crazy restrictive parents. And so I had two options, either gospel music or Disney Channel music or Chicago House. Like, like those were my three. That's what I was allowed to listen to without like my parents hovering over me. So I went heavy into Disney. I mean, it was almost uh, manic because they won't restrict it. They would like buy me CDs from like, you know, when now and when we had the now CDs, but they would like have me skip certain songs, you know. So when it came to a Disney CD, they didn't do that. And so I was like, Selena Gomez, Demi Lovato, Hannah Montana, High School Musical 1, 2, 3, kind of a kid. Nice. And um, as you got older, you migrated to, I understand you migrated to Portland and continued your music studies and but also learned a great deal about the business side of things and marketing. So what was what have you learned as you navigated that environment as a person and as a musician? Yeah, I had such a such a lucky out of college experience when it comes to the music business. I when I moved to Portland, it was a week after I'd graduated college. And so I just sent out my resumes to venues and I picked a venue that was an internship that was paid. It was like the only place in Portland that did it. And I, I literally worked for them up until I moved two months ago. And what I learned as head of marketing at a music venue is the way that indie marketing works for concerts, the way that mainstream marketing works for concerts and the way that do it yourself <laughs> works for concerts and they're three very different levels when it comes to agency money and the way that you sell tickets and it really helps me tremendously when I started making my first album to my second album to getting opening spots for people and I'm, I'm very thankful for the venue the old church concert hall for taking me in and allowing me to learn from them that's awesome yeah because and that's really cool to hear because I'm at that stage now that you were at. Right now, I'm interning for uh, Pop Gun Presents, the promoter that works with Elsewhere in Brooklyn. I'm not sure if you've played there before, but it's so like interesting to like 
I feel like there's, cause I've just started, but I feel like there's so much to take in and so many like interesting strategies that go into every side of marketing different artists. It, cause it all like really seems to depend on the niche, especially if it's indie marketing, but yeah, it's also fascinating for sure. And I was wondering if you could describe to me sort of like when you started to like really take the leap to put yourself out there as a musician when it comes to really pushing your own creative work. Because I speak to a lot of artists and they, a lot of them seem to have a common experience where it's not the easiest thing in the world and you really have to put yourself out there. So can you describe to me what that experience has been like for you? That is such a great question. Oh my God. One of the best questions I've been asked in a long time. So after working for the old church for about a year, I got offered a position at a bigger venue. It was 3000 capacity and they did major hip hop shows. So like presenting Wiz Khalifa and like Miguel or, and, and um, other really awesome artists. And this venue, I ended up taking the job, but this venue also managed pretty much like West Coast or Pacific West Coast touring. So they would go to Seattle, Portland, and then this place called Eugene and did that for a full year. And in that timeline, because I was so connected with a lot of people or submitted to open for certain people and got on quite a few that I was submitted on to the point where I was with this amazing tour manager talking about the next two dates. And he said, why are you doing this? Like, why are you not doing your own artists? Like you've opened for us here twice (laughs) and you're still here. And it really hit me in the heart that like, wow, I can't believe someone believes in me past my marketing abilities. Like I'm good at marketing, but like, wow, they saw me on stage and they believed in me. And then I just had to have a heart to heart with myself. Like, why don't I believe in And two months later, I put in my 30-day notice and I said I would freelance marketing and my artistry would be my amazing king. And then COVID happened. (laughs) So it was a real big shake in the world. And lucky for me, I had already decided that Kingsley was going to be my king. I just now had this amazing offer to sit down and restructure when the world was on pause. Yeah, I imagine. And do you feel like that extra sort of space to really sit down and really look inward and also think about your vision? Do you feel like that was helpful? Like aside from all the horrible poisonous stuff happening in the world? Yeah, duality exists, right? It's kind of how I raise what happened in COVID. Like the ultimate bad that happened in COVID was the world stopped. We lost a lot of lives and we really changed the way that we live, you know? And so when COVID happened, I was like, girl, you're not going to get physically strong because we hate the gym, but we are going to get mentally strong. So what the heck do we need to do to become the master of my mind and really make sure that my craft is being taken care of the way that it deserves? Yeah, I love that. And you also released your latest album, Crying on Holidays, in 2021. 
And I was wondering if you could describe to me the sort of state you were in when you were writing it and what were some of your favorite parts of the process? Does the title give it away? I was sad. (laughs) Uh, Sad. It walks you through my first breakup. And I never believed in love because I had parents who were not in love. So I had a great example of what I want, did not want in life. I was like, I will never settle for a man. And so when I finally fell in love and got my heart broken, I knew nothing but to pour it out in my music. And I'm very thankful for this project. It's meant to be listened to from start to finish. It's not meant to be shuffled because each song is step-by-step exactly how I process this feeling. And releasing it in COVID was really great for me because I got to rewrite some songs that were a little iffy with the way that I was processing. And I got to just be a little bit more honest in my writing because I thought the songs deserved it. Yeah, for sure. And I also really love that you released like an amazing music video during that time with a cast of all amazing black women. I'm fine video. I think that's the song. If I'm totally wrong, you can correct me. Nope, it's I'm fine. It was all black women and Charles. (laughs) Amazing. And Charles. (laughs) So how, what was it like putting that together and shooting that? Can you tell me a little bit about the process? Yeah. So I'm actually releasing the retrospective for the three projects. So the three music videos were shot by the same director. It's Cryptic Films. It's a black and brown production company, woman run, and it's for queer. It's just, it's a safe queer space. And so when I got the opportunity to work with Riley and Cameron on I'm Fine, which was the first of three that we did together, I really just set up the space to say, like, I want to work with all Black people on this project. How can I make this happen? Especially in Portland, where, like, I all my producers are white. My bandmates are white. You, you, I, my People I shoot, my photography with are white. And I'm like, where are the Black creatives? Like, it's hard, but like, I need to be more intentional. And if I'm preaching to my Instagram followers about being more intentional in life, how dare I not, you know, lead the way? So when I got this opportunity for this project, I mean, everything really fell in line to the costumes were designed by KJ Couture, an amazing Black fashion designer in, in Portland. The camera operator was Seek. She's now in LA working on her dream. The lighting was by Andre, who is just an incredible uh, photographer and lighter who will make you look just like a million bucks. He has the most beautiful eye. And the project was even more special because the choreography was by my best friend, who was also in the music video. There's a couple shots of me and another girl in the bathroom. That's my best friend since high school. And it was just a dream putting it together. And our like 16-year-old selves were just kicking and screaming that we were, we're working at this kind of a level. And also shout out to the people who lent us all of their like Hollywood quality camera stuff. Open Signal, they specifically support, support Black and Brown or BIPOC, Black, Brown and Indigenous projects and give you like high high level quality camera operations and, and gear so yeah I'm fine it's it was an incredible project that's awesome and I'm curious are you a Paramore fan at all are you kidding me I can sing their first one this is why I don't leave in the house literally comes out in February so yes <laughs> so good 
The reason why I bring that up is because that was, that was probably, I was so proud of myself for coming up with one of the best snappy one-liners in my entire writing career. And I said, if I can describe it in a snappy one-liner, it sounds like Erica Badu singing for Gang of Four because Haley Williams loves Erica Badu <laughs> and she has like that similar cadence. And, but so I was wondering if you could describe your music in a snappy one-liner or just like a, or your sound, what would you say? First off, your snappy one-liner is amazing. And that's why black people love Paramore so much. Like we, I mean, Paramore is gang, 10 out of 10. But my album, my snappy one-liner for just crying on holidays, like the tagline for it is called the good, the bad, the ugly crier. Amazing. And yeah, I feel like that's just such a universal experience. Like as a kid, the holidays are filled with magic and then you grow up, you become disillusioned and then it's just like, oh no, well, stress, money. What am I yeah. going to do? Am I a horrible person if I don't succumb to late capitalism and get my friends and family gifts? Like That was literally my concept of love. Right. And so I had this like present, like this Hollywood version of what I thought love would be like. And when you get into it, you really see it. And, you know, there's good, there's bad and there's ugly, but like you really get to see it for verbatim. And that's what this album was. It was walking you through my heart, seeing things at validity and at reality. And while that doesn't mean I'm done with love it and the holidays, you know, we, the holidays don't <laughs> end just because you're not happy with them. Right. They continue to come every year and the same with love. So I'm very excited to, for people to listen to this one and, and be ready for what's next to come. We can't just stop here, you know. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm curious about how finding that balance between knowing how to market yourself well while also staying true to your creative integrity has been like, how has that been to navigate? I would never call myself a smart business person because then I have to like, I don't know, start a start a TED talk or something. <laughs> but um, I have a business degree, which I think helped, but didn't really taught me about understanding who I was speaking to. And that really taught me how to stay true to myself. And I say, your fans really do represent you, right? So if your fans are rude to the staff or rude to each other, you know, what does that say about you? And so when I created Kingsley, I really created this regalness that I wanted to my fans that when you leave, you feel like you're vibrating on the highest of levels, the highest of levels, so high, nobody could bring you down. And four years later, I still stand by that. And so everything that I put out with that, it has that intentionality. And that's how I ended up with this lipstick collection that goes with my music. And it's a little different from Rihanna and Selena, right? Because they have, they have makeup lines. I just saw like Travis Barker is doing a skincare line. I don't, yeah. So (laughs) it's very different from celebrities where three of the lipsticks were named after three of the songs, which were I'm fine, all me and therapy. And so the lipsticks were made to embody what the song meant in lipstick form. And so this just took my music to another deeper level that you can connect with me. Like not only can you listen to the song, but you can wear the song, you can wear the feeling and be it. So, yeah. 
not smart business person, but having a good time. (laughs) (laughs) Having a good time. Yeah. That's a great ideology to have that you're just here to have fun. (laughs) But also, oh, what are some of the most exciting since the pandemic has happened? I know, I know like the, the most common question that I know artists get asked now is like, oh, what's the, like the working process been during the pandemic? So I've tried to come up with a bit of a more fun question, which is how has the concert going experience changed for you since things reopened? Yeah, I want to say like right when they first reopened, it was such an intention. People like came out to listen. And as time goes on, people are going back to their ways of like being on their phones and talking during your performance. So I I really want to hold intention during my shows. So like after my first song, I tell people like, if you came to talk, totally okay, go to the fucking back of the room of the room I do not care (laughs) go to the back and that sets the tone for the rest of my show and I I think it's a lot funner if funner can be a word I'm deciding it I have two degrees funner is a word and a way better experience so I'm very thankful that the pandemic after like happened and we had those spaces where people really held you know onto every word because we're like are we going to get shows again we need to be right here we need to be present and I kind of remind people that all the time like we went to almost two years without shows y'all can sit down for 30 minutes while I play (laughs) yeah I guess like as a music fan what are some of the most exciting shows that you've seen lately I haven't gone to a show yet in London. I'm actually going tonight to a show. So I guess tonight will be the most exciting. I don't know any of the artists. Literally someone in a coffee shop gave me a flyer. And so I am going. (laughs) Nice. I feel like, honestly, those are sometimes the most fun where you just never know what you're going to get. Truly, truly. I'm dragging my best friend along with me, so I won't be alone. But yeah, I'm very excited. I'm very excited to just be enveloped in music again. For sure. Yeah. And I've stopped paying for Zoom, so it looks like it's going to kick us off very soon. So I guess I'll... Good. Forget the man. Don't ever (laughs) pay for it. (laughs) Exactly. So as my final question, I guess, what else I'll ask, what else you have to plug? What else does the rest of the year have in store for Kingsley? Do you have anything exciting coming up next year? You can plug whatever you want. Yeah. First, let me say these questions are really great. I get asked a lot of the same things and you really, you had some heavy hitters. So love that. Great job with your research and your questions. Glad Um, to hear Yay, uh, plugging. So I have a project coming out next year. And so from now until the end of the year, I'm going to do something that I never do, which is enjoy the fruits of my labor. I just moved to London. So I'm going to spend the next three months enjoying being in London while I quietly work on my next album. And the next album is really exciting. I have a title now. It's called Come Find Me. And it's basically the other side of breakup. When you realize you really are a bad bitch, like you you are. I don't care what anyone says. I, I don't care how much the, the love felt real. Like once you realize where you're at in life, people can only get to you by equaling or getting a fucking ladder. Like there is no other way. <laughs> and yeah, so come find me 2023. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I thoroughly enjoyed just have it just shooting the shit with you and just and I'm glad you appreciated the questions. But yeah, thank you so much. 
Yeah. Until next time, dude, keep shining and congratulations on your internship. Take it all in, but also don't forget, like in the music industry, there is no right and wrong way. I don't care what anyone says. There literally isn't. There are formulas, but formulas are meant to be altered. Perfect way to put it. We'll definitely carry that with me as I go along. So yeah, thank you so much for the words of affirmation and the amazing conversation. Have an amazing rest of your day and and enjoy London. Sounds like heaven. Yes. Cheers, sweetheart. Cheers. Thank you so much for listening to Sounding Out with Izzy and a big thank you to Kingsley for joining me for this episode. Remember to subscribe and sign up for the mailing list on my YouTube channel and written blog, both under the name A Girl's Two Sound Sense. Give the podcast a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're interested, consider donating to my Patreon at patreon.com backslash a girl's two sound sense. That's girl with three R's and no I. Thank you so much for listening, and I will catch you in the next episode of Sounding Out with Izzy.